0: hey everyone josh here um just wanted to make a little note at the beginning over a mistake that i was making uh throughout the podcast alan basically told me that uh grant morrison had come out as non-binary uh something that i feel like i did know but for whatever reason i just totally forgot about um so throughout this podcast i refer to grant as him Um, or he, when it should be they and them. I have no excuse for it. It's just an old tick that I cannot get over. Um, I'm actually really bad about remembering that. Um, It's not meant as any sort of ill will or anything. It's just old dog, new tricks type of thing. I don't have any of this kind of stuff in my normal life, and really the only people I know as non-binary Are all online and I usually refer to them by their first name so please do not uh, take me as calling Grant he and him as some sort of bigoted sort of (laughs) I don't uh, acknowledge that sort of thing I do it's just I messed up so if that offends anyone I do apologize um, that was a mistake on my part, and I will continue to try and improve on that. So, yeah. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning back in, and I will see you on the flip side later. Well, it's time!
1: It's time! It's time to podcast. <laughs>
0: everyone into the hyper time the hyper time to podcast and i feel like rita repulsa who's just been freed on the moon because it feels like after ten thousand years we are back i am your host josh miller and joining me as always is
2: my friend and co-host
0: alan muir alan
2: how have you been well i did a podcast earlier today and that seemingly that almost ran for three hours (laughs) oh god I have a feeling I, this one will not last
0: three hours. So do
2: not worry. Well, I, either way after this, I'm either going to play As Dusk Falls or edit a podcast or edit a video. I got a lot of, I got a lot of stuff on my plate.
0: <laughs> I think Monday is going to be my day to do that kind of stuff because um, I have two Mondays left where I do not have to work uh, since they have us on the four-day, ten-hour work shift. And so Mondays are my one day off during the week. And so with the boys finally back in school, this will be my first Monday after like six Mondays (laughs) that I'll actually have entirely to myself. So I plan to do video editing and all that kind of stuff that I haven't had time to do. I'm hoping to have some more uh, video content up later on. Um, I just learned that they put on a new emulator on the Xbox um, so I went ahead and took advantage of that, and I am putting quite a few stuff up uh, to play, so I'm curious how well it will run, and if it runs decently, I will make some more videos might, of that you, stuff.
2: You, you might want you, you might, you, you to might distance yourself <laughs> from saying that you're doing that, because you, you don't want to out yourself as stealing from Papa Nintendo. Oh, it's not
0: Nintendo I'm going to be stealing from. More like Papa Sony. <laughs> A new like PlayStation Two emulator just dropped, and I'll finally be able to play all that kind of stuff. Got to get I my uh, get
2: Big Mother Trucker's gameplay in. For the longest time, I wanted. I was I was so into like oh emulation, this is awesome. And I'm like now now I'm just like I I feel terrible doing this. My morality is has made me unable. Like I tried doing it with my Steam Deck, couldn't do it. Ah, uh, yeah, no power
0: yeah, I always think if if I have no other means to buy a game, especially like from the uh, publishers themselves, then I am not going to feel guilty emulating it. So
2: that's just me. I mean, I actually have I have a way to tie this back to comics. Um, there's a, a YouTube channel, uh, comic Comic Pop. Mm-hmm. They have uh, one of their shows back issues where they. Uh, one guy, Sal uh, explain like re- goes over the plot of a certain back issue, like collected edition book and explains it to two people who aren't are, aren't in the, in the comics. And I saw a tweet by him saying like saying I love saying I love your book to an, like to an author or to a writer on, on here, basically just saying you you read it via piracy. Is like the is one of the worst things you could do to to an artist because you're like that thing you did was great and I did not even pay for it but it was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly something you want to admit to uh, the creators. I know I've seen people like post uh, images or whatever to share with either the writers or the uh, you know artists and stuff, but the image they pull from is from a shady website and it has their yeah <laughs> it has, it has their watermark yeah. in the corner and they're like hey thanks for reading but maybe next time I actually pay for the book please <laughs> yeah
2: i i i am always watching out to make sure I, uh even even during the period i was do, thinking about doing stuff like that not 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 doing that that not shut putting like taking taking a creator saying hey I, I didn't pay for your work but I'm just constantly, always monitoring myself whether or not I'm gonna s- slip up and just. Do you do you remember uh, Tech TV? Uh, vaguely. I don't know if I've watched anything on there. Well, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> this is like early two thousand or late two thousand, late nineties, early two thousands. I'd come across, I'd come across a, f- a bunch of files that I no longer have access to, and I was corresponding with. Um, one host from Tech TV, Martin Sargent, and he was looking for one of the episodes of his show, Unscrewed, that is one of those, one of the, one of the, somewhere in the G Four archives, sewed away to never be seen again. And I was like, I, I I just said, Hey, I might have it. And I, because my my organizing system was so bad, I I, I technically did have it, but it's like. He's like hey do you so do you have it and I'm like I just replied in the most awkward cringiest way possible <laughs> I basically more or less I apologize as if I was as if I were speaking like Teal'c from Stargate issue one like in the way the way that he speaks I uh, the, the way he speaks is the way I, the way I typed out I, I did not I, I did not have it Martin Sargent I'm sorry <laughs> and then and then years later I find it. You find that original conversation and be like, never mind, I got it right here. No, he, he's he, he he's no longer in the entertainment business. Uh, it's sad to here, but at least it's not Leo Laporte. Time to put it up on an archive. So, we, we're, we're talking about comics on, 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 the, sh- on the show, right? Occasionally okay, well, we talk about it. comics. <laughs> yeah, most of the time I remember it, I remember it just being us BSing.
0: I mean, every podcast needs some good b.s.ing, especially at the beginning. Talk
2: about energy drinks or <laughs> anything that doesn't involve, like, politics in the world. Like cartoons based on intellectual property, like various licensed properties.
0: Ones that are so beloved that no person could possibly think, hey, let's get rid of this so no one can see
2: it ever again. Or such hits as... Carmen San Diego teaches typing. <laughs> I need to see if I can
0: find some of that stuff on archive, like the old Carmen San Diego TV show, the uh, game show in
2: particular. I wasn't to remember, with that I'm, show. I'm trying to remember a um, a show that Jeff Grossman mentioned on like a very ancient uh, bombcast. I think it was something 2525. Like it was a. Oh, Cleopatra 2525. I'm going to, have to look this up because I feel like I should
1: know what this is.
2: It's is Cleopatra 20 or is that, is Cleopatra 20, 20 something 20 something. I, I looked up the intro. It was it was a banger. <laughs> it was it was good stuff.
0: Nope. Maybe I do not know anything
2: about this show. <laughs> at least looking at one picture of it. Oh, hmm. God. they <laughs> are just spreading all the Pokemon stuff. Oh god, I got it. I got I got to throw my phone away, <laughs> <laughs> or he's just on sell Twitter again. I think I've been pretty lucky not to run into any Pokemon spoilers, so I'm good there. Well, it doesn't. I mean, it, 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 I could just ha- see this person's every every single tweet, but I made my choice long ago. <laughs> I, I I made my hill to die on. I'm just I'm just weird, and as weird as the Doom Patrol.
0: Doom Patrol, you say. Well, there's yeah,
2: The Proto the X-Men.
0: <laughs> I would say the more interesting X-Men. Especially if you have a good writer behind them. Can you think of a good writer that has been on Doom Patrol?
2: Uh, yeah, Gerard Way. I've never read his Doom Patrol. I should really do that. Um, hit... Okay, so the artist, uh, Nick Darrington, he's one of those artists that isn't constantly doing amazing stuff and for every for, for every nick Darrington, there's a rob liefeld i i, I name other artists but i just don't I, I don't i'm just gonna i'll just say rob liefeld because i don't, I don't like him <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you seen the twitter uh handle of uh basically they uh, take comic
2: panels and then they're like oh if liefeld drew this
0: this is what it would look like
2: yeah, I saw you had mentioned that. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's so good. It's like, oh, here's a picture of <laughs> uh, Dr.
0: Manhattan on the moon just sitting there. But with the, <laughs> Rob's version, it's him standing up to where you can't see his feet and he's awkwardly posing <laughs> towards the reader. It's so stupid and
2: great with all those dumb looks on his face. Has <sighs> this person done, has this person like reinterpreted All Star Superman? Men? Like the, the, that, that cover, the infamous cover? <laughs> Actually mentioning all the clouds. Looking looking like a Thanksgiving Day parade. Like Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Just chilling uh, and but, looking back. Just just stuck like Robot Man. Oh no, I have to go through his Twitter. It's it's pretty good. Because I thought I saw the person you're talking about on a show I was watching where they go over internet stuff. But just to dive through to get back into where we're supposed to be headed with the show. You're talking about the, the myth, the legend, the antithesis to Alan Moore, <laughs> Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison. And, the
0: one, if I were to see anybody have a kind of wizard duel with Alan Moore, it would be him.
2: Yeah. And I, Michael Rosenbaum of Smallville fame and of guardians, of the galaxy Two fame. Um, has a podcast where he talks to basically every big, every big, um, a- every actor has been on that, his podcast talking talk about mental health and all that. And they had, or he had, um, what's his face from supernatural um, Mark Shepard and Mark Shepard had a role or was on uh, doom patrol and had to explain it to yeah. Rose's mom. The way Mark Shepard described it was, it's it's not Supergirl, it's not the boys, it's mental health, and compared uh, Grant Morrison to Neil Gaiman, said he's the actually his his actual words were wasn't the antithesis of Alan Moore, but the antidote to Alan Moore, which (laughs) I (laughs) yeah, I like that. As much as I like Alan Moore's writing and stuff,
0: sometimes, I don't know, I feel really weird reading some of his stuff.
2: Yeah, Especially I mean... How, I'm... how rapey some of
0: his stories can get.
2: Yeah. You'd you think that he had some... Ha- he had his, um, his... There's no way you can say this, say this about something. <laughs> messed, messed up. But you think he'd have... Inf- he had influence over... I think it was... Oh, ad- Identity Crisis. Oh, with that, that seems what yeah. that, that, that happened with one person. <laughs> Doctor Light. I was gonna say Sue Dimney.
1: Mm,
2: yeah. You know, yeah, I'm gonna.
0: Maybe, maybe one day we'll get to the identity crisis. That'll be a whole other thing.
2: But speaking of those characters, speaking of those characters,
0: yeah, we've kind of been going around. We've talked about the creator of it. We've talked about uh, <laughs> we've. I don't even know if we've even touched on the characters that
2: will be in this specific story but
1: we're well, not talking
2: about Doom Patrol. <laughs> yeah, we're not no we're ta- we're the the characters we were that are that were in identity crisis technically were still operating as members of the team by this point. Mhm. Then again there were some flashbacks and some stuff like with Hal and Barry where in Identity Crisis, it was Wally and The Last, the last Green Hope. <laughs> Can I just say what we're talking about? Yep, just go ahead and just, just spill the beans. We are talking about Grant Morrison's f- the first, their first four episodes. I don't know how someone said episodes. <laughs> their first four issues of Justice League of, Mer- of America, Jelly, uh, New World Order, which yeah, we- is one of the It's one of the, I'd say it's one of the most prolific stories. Then again, nearly everything for the the first while was, like every new arc was great. Rock of Eternity, or no, or or was it Rock of Ages? Rock of Ages. And the main two, uh, in terms of writer and artist, Graham Morrison and Howard Porter. And I just have a fun fact that I learned. I learned. I learned this when, when during the period where I was working in a comic book store. I saw that Howard Porter was work. This was like New Fifty Two era, DC. I saw that he was going to be working on a uh, on a book with Kevin McGuire and basically the Just League International team.
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: And I thought, it's been a while since since I heard that name he had some type of injury where he couldn't draw so he had to become a bus driver yeah but thankfully he's he, he came back he made his comeback he's worked on some great stuff since then he's killing it the last thing i read that he worked on was uh, flash
1: mm-hmm.
2: of the current dc so i'm just glad that i'm glad that he's he's back and has a his style has evolved, and it looks—it's—it's it's not what it was with this story. I actually—I'd argue that it looks better than than New World Order did, since since the '90s had that, had that look about it. When oh yeah, and even in some cases the early 2000s, when when thinking back to the Spider-Man stuff we did. Mm-hmm. So I'll shut up. Take take over. This is, this is your show. <laughs> so, I mean, originally what I was going to do,
0: I was going to do this episode back in, like, January because it would have been the 25th anniversary of it, and things just kind of fell through. And so I figured there would be probably no better episode to start the show off again than the book that, like, rejuvenated what the JLA was. Um, I was not there on the ground floor when this launched. Um, I think I started picking up the book. Uh, If I remember right, it was issue 15. I think it was right as Rock of Ages was ending. And I I fell in love immediately. Uh, I thought it was an amazing book. Um, And if I remember right, I think New World Order was the first trade paperback I ever bought for myself. Um, so this one, I even still have it—that exact same paperback—in in a in a tub in my garage. Um, I I love this story. It's not Grant's best work on this series. It's I would say it's not Howard's best work on this series either. But it was a very important moment for the Justice League and. Because of this story and everything else that Grant did during his run. Yeah, it wasn't like the best, but it was the perfect, like, starting point for what they were going to do. It established all the characters, established how he was going to write them, uh, the relationships together, um, all of that kind of stuff. I think he did an amazing job within, you know, right out of the gate. And throughout his run, he would have certain... Kind of story arcs he would do but then he would sprinkle in like just a little one-off issue or whatever whether it was you know his <laughs> uh neuron story actually no i think he kind of made that with american dreams if i remember right, is what that storyline was called he kind of mixed it up like bigger stories and smaller stories um brought in sandman which i think was the first time sandman was used if i remember right. he actually asked Neil, if he could (laughs) use the character in the story, um, stuff like that. So, like, his JLA run was kind of revolutionary for um, for DC. JLA was his X-Men run before the X-Men run, essentially. Like, it rejuvenated that entire uh, series and changed up what the JLA could be, especially if you were reading what the justice league was earlier in the nineties when it was felt more like a B or a C team as well written as it may have been with Keith Giffen and uh, Kevin McGuire on board. It was, it was a much different team, but it was one that I think the company greatly needed and so much so is it stuck around and would lead to stuff like the justice league cartoon and all that kind of stuff. It established what the Justice League would be from, essentially, there on in. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Grant's first four issues. Uh, the storyline is called New World Order. And, yeah. I can't remember. It, was this your first time reading it, Alan?
2: Yeah, I, I had. First thing I did when, when I started collecting again, after about almost after after Hurricane Sandy, la, la, la. la Ten years ago story's over uh one of the things i made sure what to do was rebuild my collection as the only collection i had was simply put with the fishes or sleeping with the fishes mm-hmm. even though I'm, I'm, I'm looking right at where my collection used to be actually i'm looking at where my collection still is and that's in its horrible condition but i bought uh i bought the first i think the first four or five trades of jla and it kind of says what kind of like what kind of person like fan i am when i have first four first four trades of jla followed by the entire collected edition of jsa (laughs)
1: you
2: picked your side yeah um i liked it but there was something about it that it felt like i had seen it before as I as I mentioned to Josh prior, prior prior to recording, and that's because elements of this of this story were used in the Cartoon Network Justice League show, which is still one of the best shows ever made. About mm-hmm. Most of the seven here are in there are in Justice League. There are some minor or oh, there are some major differences like hawk girl john stewart and yeah i i every time i it got to a certain point where i was just after i finished reading the, the issues i just ended up looking up watching like Justice League cartoon like ne- next time i just League videos on <laughs> youtube for the, for the next hour like just repeat watching them on repeat i
0: didn't go back and rewatch all that justice league stuff it's been a long time but voodoo had them on sale i think like the complete series for 10 bucks or whatever at some point and so i bought it i just haven't <laughs> watched it yet
2: yeah i'd say to watch it on hbo max but who knows if that will really even exist by the morning <sighs> this stuff is so depressing no no i can tell you what's depressing i watched a, a video of a content creator that i'm a fan of and it was just it was a lot of uh it felt it felt weird because, like the side side it felt like they were just yelling at. It felt like they were yelling at me for, like because the way the, the way the whole thing was shot, person was looking right at me and saying all these stuff that should should have been said to David Zaslav, <laughs> and I just I didn't, I didn't do the whole like subscribe, all that I tell others to do in our, our in a few videos i've been able to make since getting a, a puppy that is as big as a greyhound i felt a weird um sense of this doesn't feel right telling people saying something like mash that like button or mash that sub button like i don't know how i don't know how people do it yeah it just doesn't not, feel I don't even good <laughs> it, it feels unethical mm-hmm
0: you know, they'll, they'll like be playing something or whatever, and they'll be like, "Oh, if you think this character should do something else, post it in the comments." Like you're not gonna read any of those comments. Like you know, you don't care. You just want that interaction. <laughs> like it feels so fake. I, I hate that kind of
2: stuff. Actually, I, I did do something. I did make. I did make a comment like that. The- and <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do that. Actually, I basically just asked. I'll be honest. I don't know. When this, I'm not sure when this episode is going up. Or when the videos I made are going up. But I made as of as of this point, two Digimon Digimon Survive videos and I talked over them and I didn't say I didn't say what Josh said of <laughs> if you think if you think Agumon should just stay as Coromon. I didn't propose anything. If anything, I asked to be educated about Digimon. Because prior, to, like last time I, I did, I, I watched anything Digimon related was the first few episodes of the uh, Digimon Adventures back from '99, <laughs> and can't do that anymore because they're off Hulu. I think if you're looking to be educated, I'm typically okay with that from YouTube. Yeah, like there are some there are some great video essays about about Digimon on YouTube i'm not sure if there are any video essays about this there, if, there has to be some if there are i could not find anything
0: <laughs> surprisingly i could find so very little uh
2: regarding this kind of stuff but i did my best oh god seeing seeing some of the names just even just briefly mentioned feel, oh god this, I'm, I'm, this is making me sad <laughs>
0: So let's go ahead and talk about kind of like how all this came to be. Grant Morrison um, obviously had kind of did something with Doom Patrol that I don't really know anyone has ever quite lived up to as good as like stuff has been. I think Grant Morrison still has that kind of like top tier Doom Patrol stories. And as he said that he still had plenty of psychedelics he was trying to work through during the 90s. Uh, he had this yearning to write superhero stuff again after Doom Patrol, and he wanted to do this like big, imaginative superhero book that got rid of this dark and gritty approach that was way abundant in the 90s. You know, he grew up with these characters, and while he couldn't go as crazy uh, with them as he was able to with, say, Animal Man or Doom Patrol... Um, He could tone it down just a bit and still get out ideas on the page for these characters that he could come up with, even (laughs) if they weren't quite as uh, trippy as some of his past work. And so his Justice League would be another facet of him getting these ideas out, uh, but it would be kind of done in a different playground. Um, But before he could do that, um, he kind of needed to get jump started with the previous work. And that was the Justice League Midsummer's Nightmare by Mark Wade, uh, Fabian Nicky. I can never pronounce his name. <laughs> Fabian Nikieza, Jeff Johnson, and Derek Robinson. And that was kind of the reason that the JLA book got lit. It was not only contained storyline of the Justice League, but it was also the first appearance of the Big Seven Justice League as well. Um, the book was well received by the fan base, and so. When Grant was starting to propose his Justice League idea, that was kind of the kicker to, to let it go through. You know, during that time, there was still hesitation about putting the Big Seven on the Justice League as an ongoing book. Um, for years, the Justice League brand had been experimented with and people were hesitant about ruining that formula. Batman, for instance, was trying to be more grounded and DC. Especially Denny O'Neill thought that it would ruin some of the Batman mystique at the time if he was in a big Justice League book. But Grant fought hard for it, reminding them that the formula of the Big 7 is what made the Justice League a thing in the first place. They gave him the keys to run with it, and when it took off as the best-selling book DC had during his whole tenure, that was all that had to be said for it. Um, It was obviously the right choice, (laughs) and DC wasn't really going to complain after the, the money started rolling in. But Grant specifically requested to use those main seven. He wanted to come up with big plots that required the best heroes in the world to work together to solve. Not just one hero, but many heroes. The best heroes. Uh, When he originally sat down to think of how he would do his stories, he wanted to approach it in a way that was reflective of the old generations of the JLA stories, as well as a love letter to those previous writers, such as Gardner Fox. Eventually, those stories would get more and more complex with larger casts, so Morrison would try to replicate the feel while having characters acknowledge the changes. Having a character like Kyle Rayner grow as the rookie was one of the many things he wanted to succeed with during his run, which was pretty awesome seeing during his run, like Kyle not really feeling
2: a good part of the team, and then he would... One of the things I've noticed that, I'll be honest, my first taste of I mean, for, of the drug that is DC Comics was the Green Lantern. Everything went from with uh Sinistral Core War, Blackest Night, Brightest Day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I kind of, I was kind of, I was looking at Kyle Rayner, the way he had been written, like all this progress backwards. I, I wasn't watching him question himself, think that he wasn't able to fill Hal's role in the team. Mm-hmm. And then there was many years or decades prior, but no, it was more like a, a, a decade prior. Summer thing with Wally after a Crisis. Oh, yeah.
0: Even Wally a little bit kind of had some of that in the JLA book. Not not so much like Kyle, but there was definitely elements where <laughs> he was still kind of awestruck by some of the some of the stuff going on around him. Uh, like, specifically, the one I always love to see is uh, the one where Superman is wrestling, uh, as, I think it's Asmodeus, the angel, and, you know, Wall is just kind of like, this is the man who said,
2: God, I can't even think of what it is now. Keep talking, I'll look it up. When I first got into comics, like, after after Long uh, long Halloween, I I started get, buying as much comics as I could to the point where I was... Running, running out of room and I'm still kind of running out of room this yeah. day, over 11 years later, I noticed that, um, because I was, I was like jumping all over, like I wasn't being, I was not being consistent one bit. And I was like, I was, I would read, uh, kingdom come. Then I would read some of the, some of the, uh, Maltzer slash, uh, McDuffie, uh, just league stuff. And thank God I went to a, a high school where it was a low amount of people there because I was I was straight up just like I, I was taking the the uh, shrink wrap off of the comics hard of the hardcovers at at lunch, so I could have just I could if I was if I was at the wrong school I could have been I could have been robbed, <laughs> but I was I wasn't I think it was the point in Justice League was. After Wally, or after, 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 after Wally came back from the future with Jay, Iris, and Linda,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he, they're trying to they're trying to get talk him into be, coming back to the team, and he's just like, no, no, thanks, I'm I'm good where I am right now. <laughs> and it's just amazing to see how he, he goes from immature, reckless youth to he has a family. He he's a full like he's a fully developed character, but then again. Most, if not every character I was reading in those in that mid 2000s uh, Just League book, most of them were developed. And even the ones that were still, quote unquote, new at the time, like, or either, were either new or had been the wrong hands, like uh, Vixen, Animal Man, Firestorm. And I was going to get into something, but I noticed that you have what I'm highlighting is more or less. What you're gonna get to so but what what was the quote all right so the quote that i found yeah he's wrestling an
0: angel the angel's telling superman to yield and he's just screaming back at him never and flash just looks kind of dumbfounded and he's like this is the guy who said he couldn't live up to his myth he's wrestling an angel <laughs> it's like this idea of like i don't know it's it's just it's like little scenes like that that i absolutely love and Morrison has like so many of them throughout his entire run. Um, another one I love is when Superman's kind of like during the World War III arc, and Mageddon has come, and Superman's trapped, and Batman's trying to give him a pep talk, and he basically is like, "Clark, if you don't turn this around, and I, you know, I'm gonna hound you through the afterlife, <laughs> like that, like I'm gonna torture you throughout, you, you know, our our death." And Superman's like, ah, oh, you always know how to, <laughs> how to, like really get me going or something. It's just oh, I love it. I love so much of Morrison's stuff and how he toys with the characters together. Oh, it's just so good. I'm gonna have to go back and reread all this Justice League.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, um, for all the book, like for all the Grant Morrison books that they've written, there are still books that I, I've, I still haven't even touched. Like I haven't even taken the shrink wrap off off of, like. Uh, Grant wrote the Earth One Wonder Woman book, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Okay. Okay. Because I have it on my uh, second uh, shelf, or on my second shelving unit, and I have not even gotten to that yet. I'm so like I I haven't even gotten a chance to read. And don't ju- ju- don't ju- judge me when I say this. The Joker's ongoing series with um, is that Tinian? Yeah. F- at least at at least for the first uh volume Mm. i know that i was pleasantly surprised with that book mainly because i thought it was a joker book it's not really a joker book is it more of like the way that joker was written in um backups of the batman New new 52 batman where he's everything is happening like he's he's affecting the story and he's not being seen at all he's like leading everyone around
0: basically yeah like The Joker book is essentially a Commissioner Gordon story. Oh, thank God. I need more of that. I really like it. It's really good. So, yeah. So, taking the heroes from their respective books and origins wasn't enough, though, for Grant. Uh, He drew inspiration from, I put the green. It's supposed to be Greek. From the Greek pantheon of gods and assigned those gods to each specific hero. Uh, So, for example, he would have Superman as Zeus... Flash as Hermes. Aquaman as Poseidon. And Batman, I've seen him describe as two ways. Uh, he says he describes him as Hades. Obviously, the whole dark underworld type of thing. But he also wanted to have a character who was us. Kind of like at the table of the gods of sort. And Batman being the most mortal of all, of a, of all the characters in the Big Seven, that was his
1: way to do it
2: as well. So like, how, um, what, like what Alex Ross did with, um, Kingdom Come? Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Having, having the Spectre be connected to, okay, I need, I'm gonna need help with the name because I'm thinking of one, I'm thinking one name, but I'm not, I'm maybe, I'm maybe thinking of the artist for Hitman. I want to say Norm McKay, Norman McKay. I'm gonna try to look it up. I haven't read Kingdom Come in so long. Yeah, all I know is that since Alex Ross uses like the way he he draws using like real actual like human like actual people as reference points or as reference like for reference, I think he, Norman was model that like it was supposed to be Alex's father who had passed yeah. away. Norman McKay. Yeah, that 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 is also another another great book. I have some notes started on that one too, so hopefully we'll be able to get to that at some point. Yeah, because I, I recently realized that I owned uh, Marvels, and I, I realized I didn't know I owned this. What what is going on with you? Like I'm I'm fine. Like on Players Club or on the Players Club, that I recorded today. We we brought up the Embracer stuff with because who knows this episode, this episode could come out months from now. <laughs> we brought up the Lord of the Rings stuff, and I and I brought up the fact that I recently found that I. I had a, a copy of, uh, I think it was Two Towers, like the EA version, mm-hmm. and thought, man, this if this got remade, it would be or remastered, it would be great. But then I realized, oh wait, there's also there's a there's a lot of film film footage in here. Oh, as as was most most if not every license like movie tying game. I, w- I wouldn't. be surprised if the Constantine game it had uh, movie clips in it. Like I know, I know that Batman Begins one did. I know Peter Jackson's King Kong did. Are there any? So what about the other three? Um,
0: I don't I, Yeah, I don't know. He didn't specific, I didn't see anything specifically telling me what they were, and I don't know enough about the Greek, the Greek pantheon to put anybody associated
2: with them. Um, I would assume Wonder Woman was probably like Athena yes yeah, so especially ever since do with her being part of that or no no cuz that even then even the uh, greek god stuff was right As i swear being a dc fan is also being very confused <laughs> <laughs> It's like i know greg graca was was doing his run i don't, I don't know if he, if he was writing two different stories at the same time cuz this was back when Rebirth had just happened, and it was Greg and Liam Sharp doing Wonder Woman, uh, The Lies. So yeah, I think, think that might be the one thing, you know, oh, Rebirth is so good.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, looking over the 12 Olympians, I'm trying to figure out who I would put uh, Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern under. Martian Manhunter might be Apollo. God of Light, the Sun, prophecy, philosophy, archery, truth, inspiration, poetry, music, arts.
2: <laughs> you know, you, you I really, I'm realizing Superman would Superman would fit that too. He would. But if anything, um, that would actually. That would. I think that would. That could. That would be a good fit for, for Kyle. In yeah. Terms of everything associated with the Green Lantern ring. Yeah, it's funny. I'm
0: kind of looking through all this, and I'm like. Some of these heroes can kind of fit under multiple ones of these. Like, if I remember right, Hephaestus, who's like the blacksmith and all that. If I remember right, that's who he modeled Steel after when he brought Steel in. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that was essentially it. He was just trying to model it off the gods. And then from there, he was also trying to bring in, like, old stories and myths involving those gods um, and trying to adapt and reinvent them in ways that would work with the superheroes. And he did that with, like, his entire run, not just this first arc. Yeah. And then in January 1997, the classic JLA run with Grant Morrison and Howard Porter, uh, that's when it began. Almost 26 years ago. God, Such a long time uh this is josh i just realized i made an absolute mistake with this date um and the cover date for the book is january of 1997 but the book itself came out in november of 1996 so sorry about that my mistake and back with the show So let's go ahead and get into the story. Uh, try and knock this out pretty quick. It's only four issues, so it shouldn't take too long.
2: Um, I, I'm so happy that we, we this this is the f- format for the for the story like the stuff so far. <laughs> because I was, re- I was realizing with older episodes, it'd be great if we did a full on credit like get credit where credits due and all that.
0: Yeah, I kind of wish we had done better. Uh, back then but improve just improve and move on so yeah i want to give everybody credit that i can Um, so writer grant morrison pencils howard porter inks john dell colorist pat gary i hope i pronounced that right uh separations the heroic age letterer ken lopez and editor ruben diaz and so, JLA-1, the uh, story begins at the White House, and a flustered president who is one firehawk down uh, from an escort, which is a foreshadowing of something to come, uh, the sun is blotted out by a giant spaceship that went unnoticed by a JLA satellite, but Superman is on the case. Uh, he ends up at the White House and basically is the first one to greet these alien visitors who happen to be Protex and his team the HyperClan. And so Protex, um, I kind of like a quick little description of everybody. Uh, Protex uh, reminds me of Jim Morrison, but kind of more Superman-esque. Uh, very golden looking. Uh, Primade reminds me of kind of what I picture Ice Maiden to look like. She kind of has like a very blue and white kind of motif going on. Um, Armac is the hulking machine looking guy. a is kind of like the Grim Reaper. Centurion uh, kind of looks like Captain America, uh, has a shield. Uh, Zoom, that's how I'm imagining it's pronounced, just Z U M, but he's the speedster. Uh, Tronix, who is probably the most Grant Morrison character of all these, uh, bald, piercings, uh, revealing outfit, very punk, is how I put it. And then there's Fluxus, who is like this rock dude that can shape shift into different things. And so they make their message immediately clear. Uh, Their world was destroyed uh, in the same way that Earth is currently undergoing with greed and carelessness of the planet. After much travel, they ran across Earth and will do what they can to prevent the same thing from happening with help from the superhumans of Earth, if need be. The HyperClan basically go to town within that very same day. They make the Sahara green with life, which gets people behind them. Superman's more hesitant about it being a permanent fix and possibly all these fixes damaging other areas. And so with him kind of pushing back on it, some of the resentment starts brewing against uh, Superman and the other heroes of Earth who are thinking this is almost too good to be true. And then we also see the form of justice that the Hopper clan wants to do. Public executions. Uh, So fearsome that other villains go into hiding, such as Dr. Polaris and the Joker. Funny enough, some being executed are Marvel characters, such as Wolverine, Dr. Doom, and possibly Loki. Um, It's then shown that a chunk of the population is okay with these executions. Next, some of the heroes aboard the satellite are attacked. Green Lantern and Wonder Woman fight back as Rex, who is metamorpho, encases the other minor heroes, Nuclon, Obsidian, and Ice Maiden, with his body in an effort to make it out alive with the escape pod shut down. And as they enter the atmosphere, the satellite explodes with Green Lantern trying to protect himself and Wonder Woman. Uh, Protex and his gang are in the Antarctic, and we learn that this isn't the first time on Earth. They join together to melt the ice, and they uncover an ancient fortress called Zonzor. Rex crash lands on Earth, and despite the precautions, things don't look good. We learn that Superman took them all in, and while Ice Maiden, Nuclein, and Obsidian are badly hurt, Rex may not be alive anymore. But because of his physiology... They can't really tell. They just say he's inert. Um, If I remember right, they actually do end up saying he's dead uh, further on. And so the JLA meet up together. Uh, Public opinion sways even more for the HyperClan. Superman reveals that he spoke with Protex, who denies their involvement, though Superman knows he is lying. Batman ends up showing himself, saying he's been chilling there for over an hour without them knowing, uh, which is another one of those... Scenes where he's like kind of surprised that Superman didn't pick up on his heartbeat. So he's kind of surprised it worked. Um, But he has Superman check microwaves and his suspicions are correct. Uh, Mind manipulating waves are elevated. So he's imagining that mind control is going on. Invasion is happening and they have to stop it. And so that is basically a quick rundown of the first issue.
2: As I'd say, when I, when I saw Rex, it started playing the, um, like the, the, the vinyl record for theme for uh, Metamorpho, or of Metamorpho. <laughs> like, this is the story of the Element Man, Metamorpho, Metamorpho. <laughs> metamorpho, Metamorpho. Metamorpho,
1: Metamorpho. This is the story of the Element Man.
2: Metamorpho, Metamorpho. This whole story Stop. starts off not an old issue plan. I'm like, man... I love it. Say classy, DC. Mm-hmm. It just shows how far Grant has. I would well, say Mellow more more of how much they, how much work they they had to do. Like because I'm, I'm literally just about to finish uh, Justice Incarnate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And as soon as I saw the Nimrod squad, I'm like, oh god, what what is this? <laughs> and yeah, it was a shot at Liefeld. Which I was like, okay, I can, I can get, I can get behind this. <laughs> I, I still think we should do that. Like, don't, not even one, one, Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not t- talking about just Justice Incarnate. I mean, we should, we should do an episode of at least on multiversity because that is, that is some good stuff. It's a fantastic book, but I think that before we get to that, we should at least try Fourth World. Oh man, Fourth World would be a beast to tackle. I would
0: kind of like to do like a whole bunch of like Grant Morrison, like piece by piece, like how he's kind of like some of the JLA stuff he does in this book. He kind of touches on with like Final Crisis. I mean, Final Crisis is kind of like a a best of with Grant Morrison. Like, it has brings in uh, Animal Man a little bit. Um, of course, his run on Batman. You know, there's a little hint of Justice League in there. Um, And then yeah, that just kind of carries
2: over to like diversity and (laughs) all that stuff. And and um, both seasons of Green Lantern. Yep, that still feels weird that we're calling uh, we're calling DC Comics like miniseries. We're calling them (laughs) seasons. Seasons. Yeah. I have a feeling that I I think I know like I'm pretty sure I know why they're they're being called seasons. As everyone saw with Naomi on CW. They are not even being, they're not even being coy about this. They're just being, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. This is our <laughs> plan. It's our plan. Yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna literally, just, try, just, be the assembly. It's just gonna be the assembly line. <laughs> well, it was nice to see Grant on Green Lantern. I was always curious about how that would work. It is, it is some of the like, it's Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp. The art looks. Like it's right out of the sixty out of the sixties, the cover for the first issue, mm, of season mm-hmm. one, looks good. But like it's, it's just a, it's a it's a more modern version of Hall Jordan versus him showing off the ring, and like with some of the art, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna share this. Um, like it's it's for season one, it's just too good. Yeah, I've always liked
0: Sharp's art, but with Green Lantern, it was—it was next level. It was next level. Like I was not expecting his art to just like be elevated to the way it it did. It was amazing. And I think he kind of found his his thing because I think he's kind of been staying with that kind of style. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a.
2: There was a um, I think it was, it was one of the issues of season one. It was the one where, or it was the, it was was a story where the, the the manhunters returned. Mm hmm. And the, like, the way that, like, the story is, uh, Oh, I'm trying to, trying to do an image search. It brings up everything (laughs) from the movie. But the, simply put, the, his, do you remember, um, it was a, it was a collected version of some Green Green Lantern stuff. And it was, it had to have been, um, Emerald Warriors, and it's just like an, it's an image of Guy Gardner.
1: Oh, then yeah, that would
2: be Emerald Warriors. The way, like, the particular way that the cover artist uh, drew it, cause I, cause it, I know it's not uh, Pizarin, it looks exactly like that. You know, DC just needs to focus all their energy on Green Lantern, Batman, and JSA. <laughs> I'll get them back on top. <laughs> Well, I don't think they're gonna push Batman anytime soon. And yeah, I'm reading. I'm, I'm not even reading Batman. I'm I... telling you, best Batman is on that web,
0: <laughs> You Should try it. Zatanna's on there now too. It's pretty good.
2: Red Hood and the Outlaws just started. I, I may check out for Red, Red Hood and the Outlaws. I may check. I may check out for that one. It Has Bizarro in a cowboy hat.
0: <laughs> it's pretty great. So in JLA number two, uh, the HyperClan has informed news outlets that three locations around the world will have something special. As they wait, the structures appear out of nowhere. Protex explains it's their watchtowers, and a few of them will be stationed at each. JLA is looking for more info on the HyperClan, but finding nothing with these new structures being built. However, they split the team so each one can be investigated. The first is Wonder Woman, who arrives at the station in the Pacific Ocean, she is ambushed by Fluxus, who says they are there to kill the Justice League and enslave the planet. With one swift punch, Wonder Woman knocks Fluxus a good distance away, watching as he sinks into the sea. Uh, it's pretty good, uh, pretty good comedic panel as it looks like he gets knocked out of his like armor. And so you just see like this naked bottom half of Fluxus like, in the water. Aquaman joins the fray and very adamantly tells Wonder Woman to hit the bricks. He will deal with it and wants nothing to do with the JLA. However, Tronix flies in, and Wonder Woman takes the fight to her while commanding Aquaman to stop the station, transmitting anti-JLA propaganda, which he does unhappily. But there's also a whale down there that catches him by surprise, which happens to be a shape-shifted fluxus. This also causes Wonder Woman to be distracted long enough for Tronix to blast her and knock her unconscious. Next, we see Green Lantern and Flash in the desert. Uh, Reminder that this is Kyle Rayner and Wally West... They don't have the same relationship at this point like and Barry did. As they wonder where Martian Manhunter is, as he was supposed to be with them, they see a cloud coming in the distance. It's Zoom. Wally steps in for this dance, and <laughs> I like that he just kind of pushes Kyle aside, and he's like, hold up, I'll take care of this, and they both just zoom right past him. And then, so with Kyle alone, Zentirion lassos Kyle around his neck with some sort of rope that comes out of some mechanism formed from his elbow, um, Armek is there too, to make matters worse for Kyle. And then we do see Marshall Manhunter. He is high above the planet and speaking with Protex. Protex is trying to sow mistrust and is ultimately asking John to join them um, since Earth never really fully embraced him he, like they should have. Uh, we see Superman and Batman flying side by side towards the Arctic. As they get close, they spot Primate, who still gets a good hit on Superman, even with the forewarning causing him to plummet to the ground. A mortal zeroes in on Batman, who shoots a missile from his Batplane, only to have it caught and returned to him. Superman catches his breath and is able to knock down Primate, who turned invisible but didn't hold her breath. As Superman watches the Batplane come down in flames, Protex comes up with a piece of kryptonite, he lets Superman know that they don't really know who the Hyperclan are. Another bit of foreshadowing, as a mortal asks about checking for Batman's body, but Protex tells him not to risk the flames, and Batman would die anyways in the cold, being a human. And then as they drag Superman into the fortress, Protex informs him... God, I have so many misspellings in this. Protex informs him that the other leaguers are dead, and all that's left is him, them, and a world... Whose faith is now in the HyperClan? The same HyperClan who has them on their knees. And then the last page has Primade looming at the uh, looking at the fiery wreckage and we see a small reflection of Batman unseen by the HyperClan. And then JLA number 3 which I put here as my favorite issue of the bunch. uh, Superman is under heavy kryptonite poisoning as Protex and Primade prepare his execution on TV. They say he is all alone now and nobody can help him. Wrong. Batman has found a way inside thanks to them underestimating him. Not only that, his wreckage and the reaction gave them, gave him the last pieces he needs to figure out what they are. And this is kind of where I noticed the very beginning of the uh, Grant Morrison, Batman is prepared for everything, kind of (laughs) you're never going to get the upper hand on Batman type of thing. This is the issue that I believe kind of starts starts that all. Uh, we see Flash in his foot race with Zoom. Zoom pulls out ahead and uses bricks to his advantage, forcing Wally to rethink going about this. He realizes that Zoom doesn't tap into the speed force, meaning he isn't as fast. So Wally speeds up so quickly that Zoom can only see a beam of light. And his as he... Oh, my God. So, yeah. Basically, he runs around the plane and catches up with Zoom again and lands one punch, causing Zoom to fly halfway around the planet. Catching up with the Green Lantern, we see that he begins to fight back. Knowing the ring's weakness to yellow, Tyrion informs Armec of it, and Armec changes to that color. Except, that was a weakness the ring had before Kyle took over. And so, Kyle's able to take Armec out pretty quickly. Unfortunately, this leads to the civilians there come to Armec's defense, but Green Lantern traps them in a green maze. As Xanthirion throws a shield, Flash returns, catches it, and throws it right back at him before Flash and uh, Green Lantern finish what they were sent there to do. And it's here that they learn of Superman's capture and soon-to-be execution. Not only that, they find out that the HyperClan came from hyperspace, which is how they came through undetected, and there is more likely more of them waiting to fully invade the planet. Just then, Armak and Xanthirion show up and capture Flash and Green Lantern. The entire Justice League at this point has been captured and have been put in a like group Iron Maiden of sorts called the Flower of Wrath. Armec informs Protex that Mar- Martian Manhunter will be there soon to denounce the Justice League to the world and that's when Amortal finds out some of their defensive units are offline. And so a goes to investigate thinking it's possibly Batman and while Protex is doubtful he says to bring him back alive if that is the case. A-Mortal thinks he finds him uh, before we see Hyperclan again. Prime Aid says A-Mortal hasn't reported back in and we see Protex growing increasingly annoyed. He doesn't understand how Batman, a worthless human, can cause this sort of disruption. And so Tronix, Fluxus, and Centurion go to investigate and find A-Mortal strung up with a note attached to him and is sent in the air. And the note just says, I know your secret. Which, oh... I think this is, when we did our uh, New Frontier story, this is, (laughs) I think, where uh, Darwin pulled it from. They are able to locate Batman. He lets them know that he figured it out. The powers they exhibit and their hesitation with the fire from his wreckage, they are Martians. Which means a little fire will be enough to take them out. And he tosses a match to the ground. Centurion realizes what the scent is. Gasoline. The three Martins are in agony and Batman cracks his knuckles and either says to them or to someone else, ready when you are. With none of them responding, Protex has lost it. Superman stirs the pot, letting him know Batman is the most dangerous person on Earth. Protex's response is to start the Flower of Wrath, kill the humans, and he initiates the invasion with 70 more ships bringing Martians just like him to Earth.
2: Are we going to mention the the uh, where the the exact location of the Martian invasion fle- fleet because when I when I saw this I I thought Josh Williamson not really has great great hindsight <laughs> feel free to mention it so it's a it's a it's called the still zone mm-hmm which I I, I imagine Josh Williamson just took the name because our art, art was probably looking for something for for his now now iconic flash R- R- run run and flash and when all the other forces were created, one of them, one of them was the still force, which has really I feel I feel bad for for josh Williamson because, like or no i don't it's not I don't feel bad. I just feel let like out I feel embarrassed. Because like, after watching Peacemaker, and Wonder Woman '84, and the Suicide Squad, and mainly mainly Superman Lois, that whole that whole series alone, I'm pretty I'm fairly certain has more of a budget than three Arrowverse shows put together. <laughs> and the Steel Force was introduced in I want to say season six either uh, season six or seven and they've they've done the flasher runner has done josh williamson dirty <laughs> by the by the use of the silk horse but that's that's a tangent thank you i can go on another for another point in time <laughs> yeah i was trying to think i can't remember if there was any correlation
0: and not just that, I, w- I can't remember if where they were coming from is what Grant used with Prometheus for his, like, ghost zone or whatever. Or it was just, like, that empty white space. Oh, God, I can't remember. Or that may have been where they ended up hiding the White Martians at some point. I think with Wade on the book, possibly. I can't remember. It's been too long since I've read all these stories. And so with the final issue here, uh, it starts out with not only Superman piecing together that the HyperClan are really Martians, but that he has to act now as he can hear the alarms going off around the world. He breaks free and sets Protex on fire with his heat vision as he understands the kryptonite isn't real and just planted in his head by the Martians. With Protex and Superman starting to go at it, Prime uh, warns Armec and tells him to watch over the Flower of Wrath. But it's not actually Armec. It's Martian Manhunter. Uh, as the fight continues and Armec and Zoom are dry near. Because Martian Manhunter left them back in the desert. Uh, Martian Manhunter disarms the Flower of Wrath. And we learn that the Hyperclan are Pale Martians. Pale Martians. A group of genocidal Martians who wouldn't take the hands of peace and with the Green Martians. Which basically become White Martians uh, later on. The Prime stretches her form out, crashing through the wall and landing outside with the Martian Manhunter and in her true form. Uh, but the two of them aren't alone. Martian Manhunter's friends are there with him too, the members of the JLA who were in the Flower of Wrath. The JLA begins dismantling the Martians. Flash surrounds Armec with candles before Green Lantern crushes him with a 16-ton weight. Aquaman attacks the part of Zoom's brain evolved from marine ancestors and gives him seizures. Which I don't think I've seen Aquaman do before or since. And then Wonder Woman takes the fight to Primade in the upper atmosphere, which I thought was a really cool little scene of uh, them like, "Where where's Diana?" And Green Lantern like forms a little telescope and he's looking up there, and you just see like the green telescope uh, with a picture of Wonder Woman and Primade fighting in it in her white Martian form. Uh, we see Protex and Superman. Yeah, no, oh, sorry her go ahead.
2: lasso. her lasso. I just, I just love the image of her lasso Wonder one woman's lasso looking like this whip whip, whip of of uh, fire. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's it's a, it's just a good
0: like quick, just one little panel. like that's all it is, but it's really good. And so we see Protex and Superman struggling against each other. Uh, Protex informs Superman that the Pale Martians went to Earth millennia ago before humanity came around. They furled around with a bi- biology and snapped a chain that would make them a superhuman race, and instead made them normal humans. The Green Martians learned of this and trapped them in the Still Zone, which I put, is that supposed to be the Phantom Zone? <laughs> but they grew to understand it better and found a way to return. Now they're taking Earth back. But after the exposition splurge, Superman plans to burrow to the center of the Earth, uh Superman's plan to burrow to the center of the earth is complete with the heat making Protex weak Superman knocks him out cold and takes him back up reiterating that he believes in humanity because they believe in him when Protex tries to slip in the unknowing acceptance they may never have of Superman and so Wonder Woman crashes through the ceiling having bested primate and Batman drags in the four Martians he beat in issue three and then there's like a funny little comment where... <laughs> Wonder Woman's like, yeah, I didn't realize I could hold my breath that long. i like, who knows how long they can hold their breath. And Batman just walks in and he's like, three minutes and 46 seconds. <laughs> you know, he has it like down to the second. It's pretty great. And so with the invasion still underway, the JLA lets Superman take to the mics and TVs that were set up for the worldwide JLA, JLA execution. He lets them know not to give up and that they need to fight and to do it using fire. And that's exactly what happens in... The Martians all surrender. And so the Pale Martins are now in prison, of sorts, in the still zone. Uh, because of Martian Manhunter's relationship to them, Superman allows them allows him to decide their fate. He thinks he may know the best thing to do. We see the Justice League witness the beautiful landscape created in the Sahara by the Hyperclan turned to dust. It couldn't be sustained just like Superman thought. He tells them that it's, humans, it's humanity's destiny to find their own way... And they're only there to catch them if they fall. And with that, they get underway on creating a new headquarters on the moon. And then the epilogue is about a man named Bob Gray. We, well, he just got out of the hospital after the invasion and his mind and head feel off. Including headaches and weird dreams. And he isn't the only one. Worldwide, there are 69 others just like him. Sometimes he thinks he lost something valuable. And when we see the pale Martian in the mirror where his face should be we learn that this is what Martian Manhunter did to them. Wiped their memories, their personalities, and made them part of the human race that they tried so hard to rule, which would come back and bite them in the butt uh, like 60 issues later. And that's it. That's the four issues. And so I only have a little bit here for the random trivia, and then we can get on our merry way.
2: I, I quickly made a mad dash to the random trivia to see if you had a certain... Thing like the each the subtitle for each issue because, I, my my first when I saw the first one I was like oh this sounds this is familiar <laughs> second one oh this is a classic <laughs> next well, oh my god this is crazy and the next uh yeah that's 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 absolutely intentional <laughs> you want to go ahead and say what that was y- yeah so each issue like each of the four issues has. Like all the titles are named after cult sci-fi movies from the '50s, so issue one is subtitled "Them," which just to step over to the gaming side of VGU, "Them" is also a mission in Fallout Three, very fun mission, mm. especially if you don't, if you especially if you don't like ants, <laughs> uh-huh. but a bit, oh, but is a, a terrible quest if you like keeping uh dog meat alive. Uh, issue two: The Day the Earth Stood Still. I don't have to say anything like that. That's that's the most, well, second like most iconic of the of of the bunch. Issue three: War of the Worlds. Pretty self explanatory, right there. Issue, yeah, yeah, War two. Well, actually, yeah, Warring of many different worlds.
1: Uh,
2: then. Issue number four, Invaders from Mars. Very clever naming thing he did with that, which I don't think I
0: even caught until I reread it for this this episode. And I was like, "Oh, wait!" <laughs> so, some of the other random trivia we have. Um, while it was definitely revel- oh my god! While it was definitely relevant during the Giffen McGuire years, Grant also wanted to do something that early Justice League stories didn't do. He wanted them to have problems with one another but be able to push past those problems as professionals because they had a job to do. Not only that, he loved the idea of giving them an enemy who one-on-one may be too much for the hero and using the teamwork of not only their minds, but their skill sets to find the way to beat the villain. Another one is uh, one of Morrison's favorite moments during his entire run took place in issue two. He says, oh God, do I have to do a Grant impression? (laughs) I love Grant so much. I love his accent i'm gonna try it seeing superman flying alongside batman on double-page spread i suddenly (laughs) realized i could make this bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger
2: every issue that actually was not i i I was expecting something outlandish but (laughs) i've actually that that was a a modest take
0: (laughs) thank you i always love listening to him talk he's always like Superman flag alongside Batman on double page spread, he, he always like has these serpent, certain like enunciations that like, he talks a little and then gets a little higher.
2: <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> I'm more Scottish than Irish, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I, I I when it comes to trying to pronounce, I mean I'll I'll I'll, I'll never be able to speak Gaelic. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but I do know that. If I work at least on uh, at least one word at a time, I can eventually get to pronouncing a sentence.
0: <laughs> it definitely makes me jealous anytime I hear, like Grant or Liam Sharp or someone with one of those accents talk. I'm like, God, why do I have to
2: sound like this? I know. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, just a little thing from a th- uh, an event I uh, I re- reference ever so often. podcast. On the show, um, the WonderCon 2016 panel, the DC Rebirth panel specifically, Liam Sharp just talking like, I I watched that that live stream like prior to seeing Batman v Superman. Oh, oh dear, <laughs> I need mean, the it's... oh dear the oh dear to the to Batman v Superman. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a better time watching the the panel which is fine because i i always prefer th- that than actually watching them like a live action adaptation because it's never gonna look like the, the comic no never the closest we got was i uh, don't mind if i just go off on a little tangent just it's a, it'll be a quick one the best moment where, where a film took flipped it on its head where they had a moment feel like it's something that be in the comic was the end of the last scene of logan where he's where should, should i spoil this film
0: um i have not seen it so
2: maybe not oh, okay <laughs> i have well, just... i have yeah. not seen it okay well let's just say that it is it has the best ending that it, it could possibly have <laughs> thank you for stopping me from uh, <laughs> spoiling, uh, logan because people still
0: see like put that very very highly on like super on comic book movies. Yeah, that that,
2: that is oh, such. I remember everyone falling for that that hoax that Joe Casado illustrated those those comic the comics that were used in the movie. Mm. <laughs> but as you were with the random trivia.
0: Yeah, something that people may have noticed during his time on JLA was that uh, there was a lack of magical characters. Morrison didn't really want to use any on the team. He thought the need for magic would rarely come up in the stories, and he personally thought the JLA books worked better when magic wasn't regularly utilized.
2: And it only talk about 15 years later? (laughs) Or 14, 15 years later for Just League Dark? Yup.
0: I don't know if I would agree with him there. I like the idea of having at least one magical
2: character on the team. I mean, there's also the um, it was a flashpoint book like a flashpoint tie-in is it was, it was basically secret six but uh, magical like magical characters
0: mm, let's see I know there was
2: world of flashpoint I think that had uh, was it
0: Tracy 13 as the main character
2: there was I think secret seven yes secret seven yeah which is Ad- abracadabra amethyst black Orchid Enchantress, Clarion, Mind Warp, Raven, Simon Magus, Stiletto, Trigon, Zatanna, Miss <laughs> X, including yeah, this actually a character who I I really miss, uh, even though I I wasn't really exposed to the character in like I I read some stuff with the character featuring the character but never read anything with the actual character was uh, Shade Changing Man.
0: Yeah, I never really read anything outside of that Flashpoint <laughs>
2: stuff, too. Yeah, like they—if anything, they—there was a, a Shade the Changing Girl, and eventually Shade the Shade the Changing Woman. That was that was another Young Animal book. Like I, I, I Shade did appear in uh, Just the Dark, and I I remember like I remember. Reading it so clear, like so clearly, he, that he eventually just went off into a into a different dimension and just left. That sounds weird. Right.
0: <laughs> Shade comes That's off Shane.
2: as one of those characters I think Morrison would have a lot of fun with.
0: From what I remember, he was always a character with like a lot of different,
2: like colors and stuff like those. Uh... <laughs> Honestly, Steve Steve Ditko's. Um, his, if you look if you look up his. Who like the cover? Like who or what is the Changing Man? It looks extremely marble. Pulling up here. Oh yeah, <laughs> a new kind of superhero. Yeah, this is this is the one thing I like I love about about just the or DC the DC universe. And one of the things I hate about the, the DC universe, they have all these characters they have so many the, all these characters that they've either purchased or acquired through various means. And either, like I know that, the I'm trying to remember it was uh, Green Arrow and Speedy were part of the team. Uh, Grant Morrison did a uh, an updated version of it. It was a, or before Final Crisis. Had Frankenstein, uh, Vigilante, Seven Soldiers of Victory. Mm-hmm. In the uh, I think Jeff Johns wrote the wrote the Red where Clock King sent. Uh, Oliver and Roy back into the 40s where they encountered all these like all the characters from 7, Seven Soldiers and like that is actually that is actually a brilliant way of handling like handling <laughs> how there's how like why why Green Arrow looks like Robin Hood. Yeah, but there are still characters like that DC doesn't know what to do with like most like every ma- every major Magic character or the new gods,
1: like, especially like
2: yeah, like, like, dark, like, dark side, and, and and apocalypse certainly get enough of, we don't get, we don't get, we don't get much of new genesis as we should. Again, another thing I would
0: love for Grant just to go full ham on, yeah, just new gods, just new
2: gods, just give him the new gods and let him play around for a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you. There was one one of the DC Marvel crossovers had Chris Claremont writing a New Gods, hmm. like it was a. I think it was a, an X Men and T Dinns crossover.
1: I if New was, Gods uh, were in that
2: one. I hadn't even read it. Yeah, it's just it's some really interesting uh, crossover stuff, where Wolverine's in the like in the first issue. Wolverine's in the in the back, like he's the low, like the lowest build of the entire, <laughs> uh, the entire cast. cuz like e- even, uh, like every. I'm pretty sure I spent I I I spent is a classic character, but like if you if you searched for the um, like said, crossover, it's just nuts how this character who going to change everything, isn't is, in, is it all the way in the back. <laughs> but I, I I do see that there's more, uh, there's more Renner trivia. Yeah, two
0: more bits here. The first issue of JLA had a perspective of looking up to the characters. Uh, this was an intentional design. For the first Justice League issue in the 80s, the cover had the perspective of looking down on the heroes like the reader was superior. Grant and Howard wanted it to be reversed. They wanted the JLA to look larger than life, like gods. They wanted the reader to feel childlike next to these heroes so they changed that perspective up and had it to where they were looking down on the reader essentially um, and then in issue one it's easy to spot a few guest appearances tied up and being fried uh, dr doom and wolverine for instance um, i reached out to howard porter to see where this idea came from and he couldn't remember the specifics, but he thinks it probably came up during an evening brainstorm session between him and editor Ruben Diaz. I, which I always love seeing, like, those weird, like, wink and nods to the other universe
2: <laughs> in these books. Whether it's, like, I know there's... How did, you, how did you get away with that? Yeah.
0: Like, I think there's an issue of, is it Spider-Man? Or you see, like, Clark and Lois <laughs> doing something. And, I don't know, it's just... Anytime stuff like that happens, I absolutely love it. But this one in particular, where you're actually killing their characters, I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay." But that is it. That's all I have for New World Order right here. Any
2: closing thoughts, Alan? Yeah, um, there are definitely elements that, like, there's still element like even just thinking about it. From a, I still can't separate this from from the Justice League uh, pilot. Like, I just... I want to push it to the side, like, Justice League to the side, and see this for what it is. I just can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that might be probably why I hold this pretty highly, is because I think I read these before I watched the Justice League show. And so, to me, like, Justice League was always following up on the stories I read, so...
2: Honestly if this like this story if this story doesn't happen a large chunk of a large like a majority of the late seasons of young justice doesn't happen mm-hmm. actually held in young justice is I mean it probably would still happen but they would just create they probably just create a character for uh, Marshall for Jean yeah I mean even
0: outside of DC like when we were talking about um, the Avengers. Um, like uh, Avengers disassembled and everything. Like the whole idea of what started that off was them trying to replicate what Grant did with JLA. And so like them bringing all of their big heroes was essentially them trying to follow up on this. So like even Marvel's big boom there in the mid2000s is kind of in partly because of this series. Like, it's Im- impossible to, like, fully comprehend, like, everything that this series, like, fully got going. Between what it did for DC Comics, what it did for DC Animation, what it did for Marvel Comics. Like, it's just insane, like, looking back and being like, oh, yeah, this was, like, the big domino that started so many things that fell after it.
2: I I wonder if we'll ever get to um, New X Men and the whole drama that happened over there with with grant
0: maybe i would like to touch on that i actually read that for the first time like two months ago i thought it was really good i'm glad to finally know exactly what happened during his run that everyone always talked about like oh so that's kind of where cassandra nova came from oh that's what everyone keeps referencing when it came to (laughs) like get how do you pronounce? It? Is it Genosha? Genosha? How do you pronounce that?
2: Easy, Gen- Genosha.
0: Genosha. <laughs> Finally seeing like what that was like. <laughs> the start of Emma Frost and Scott Summers, and all that stuff starting to go down. Like I was like, man, Grant just <laughs> like started a whole new X Men era with this book. I never fully realized like how much of it hinged on on his time with it
2: um the Deadpool game like a good chunk like there's a portion of that which actually is in Genosha, yeah and and apparently I made the wise decision to buy that game but digitally back when it was still like prior to Marvel getting back into the game (laughs) business, because that thing is a pretty is a costly costly thing yeah I'm kind of disappointed I never got to play that game it has maybe the best end option. Option to finish like you have two choices in the game. You either do this or do this, and you, there's like what I assume is a joke, like a, a serious thing, or just to do the joke thing. I chose a joke thing. It was great, <laughs> and there's a there's a sequence where where Wade is trying to trying to get with death. And it gets to the point where he, he's trying to go for something, but he, he ends up right smack dab against uh, Cable. It's. it's <laughs> I, I I know that I, I that a like a, that a former like I know that Fabian uh, didn't, didn't didn't write that game, but I know that there was someone, some there was a comics per, like writer who did like who was like involved with that game. There's a moment where Dan- Daniel Way, who's uh, ironically, right, yeah. who ironically, whose run of Deadpool I hated. <laughs> I, there's a mo- there's a, there's a great like moment where they go they blow through the the budget for the first level, so Deadpool leaves his apartment, goes into the next, goes to the next level, and it's all like eight bit. It's great. <laughs> if you want, I could send you a link to the Russia site I use to get games and I don't even have a means to play it at this
0: point. So I might just have to go on and
2: watch like gameplay video or something with it. Or you could actually watch. I don't know if that'd be a good, good idea. Emmett had did a, um, before he, he, he reviewed the, um uh, Mr. Morale and the big suppers. He was doing a, like a big, a week long thing covering all of Kendrick's, um, like his whole, this, Discography,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I, for one of them he used uh, Deadpool gameplay, <laughs> which I I don't know if that'd be the I don't know if that would fit. It's a shame it's a shame that I don't, you don't have PS3 because I, I I I still have my copy of that that I bought back and back in the day.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things I kind of regret giving away. I actually gave it away to my sister in law so they could watch like uh, Netflix and all that after we got our PS4. Which is a bummer because my son then wanted to go back and play like all the PS3 games like the Sly Cooper and Puppeteer and all that. It's like, sorry, buddy. <laughs> can't do that now. PlayStation Now. Ugh. get into the outro area um i just kind of wanted to lay out how i plan on uh, doing hyper time for this season um so the idea is to have at least one episode like this where we look back at something we talk about what happens in it um the creation process all that kind of stuff and then also do one episode a month where it's more kind of laid back and more fun Um, so for example, well, the idea is for the fun episode to have some sort of tie in with the prior episode. Um, so for example, this one, we talked about the big seven, the justice league. And so Alan, this will be your homework for the next episode is that I want us to do our own big seven, but without any of these characters in it. So I want us to come up with our own, Seven Justice League members, and then when we come back, we will unveil them like one by one, and why we would want them on the team, stuff like that. I can I can do that. Easy peasy. So the whole DC universe is at your at your disposal.
2: Uh, um, wait can can the character what, what what if the character has been on a Justice League team? but it hasn't been, not, but not the Justice League of America, like Justice League Detroit or Justice League, Justice League Europe. I think that's fine. I,
0: as long as it's not like any of these seven, as long as it's not Superman, Martian Manhunter, even like I would say Green Lantern or Flash, like any of them.
2: Okay, yeah, I can definitely do that. So
0: that's the idea for the next one, but stuff like that is kind of what I want to do um, throughout. Um I know we have... If we can do a movie commentary on a future one, I would like to do that. At some point, it, I would like to get Raul on to talk about the next Spider-Verse movie. If that ever... If that happens to come out when we are recording, I would like... I want Raul to come on so
2: they can just go full ham on Spider-Man. I mean, particularly. I could, yeah, I could ask them. So,
0: I would be curious to see if uh, they would be interested in being honest to talk Spider-Man for a little bit. Whether it's Into the Spider-Verse or... Um, what's the next one called? Is it Across the Spider-Verse?
2: Yeah. yeah. I think it's Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Oh, yeah. It's a Part 1 type thing, isn't it? But
0: better... Uh, <laughs> a much bigger Spider-Man fan than I am, so I would love to get them on to to talk some Spider-Man stuff when that movie comes out. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of what I have planned for this season to try and lighten the load up a little bit. And hopefully we can kind of stick with it a little bit better this year than we did last year. Um, But at the same time, if we can't, at least we have some wiggle room to where we don't have to put out an episode, but I think we're in better place this, this time around than we were last year. I just have some finishing touches to do on some later episodes, I and mean, we should be good.
2: I can't stop thinking of like all, all, all these characters. I'm thinking of for, like for the potential. <laughs> I
0: have to. This, I have to come in. Game. half expect you to come in next time and be like, okay, the seven characters are Wildcat,
2: Doctor Fate, Hourman. <laughs> <laughs> no, if anything, I'd, if I if 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 I would. Go for that type of thing. I I do Infinity Inc. <laughs> or just Young Justice. <laughs> not not even Young Justice. <laughs> just I just do the take my hand or take my finger, put it on. Just take 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 one of those classic like those classic style posters of DC heroes. Put take close my eyes. Put a finger on one one of them. That that character's part of the team. Do the same over over and over until I have about seven members. Yeah,
0: I have debated on doing one of those things where it's like, you have $15 and you have to pick $15 worth of heroes from these columns and each one costs a different amount of money type thing. But I was like, no, let's just open up the floodgates and allow whatever.
2: Does does the character have to be a a, a villain? I say if you can work it onto the team...
0: pick whoever you want.
2: Okay, because I think I have an idea of a character I could I could do.
0: Pardon me was thinking of doing cuz our other JLA episode we plan on doing later. I was thinking about doing something very similar with this but doing like the Injustice League <laughs> where we have to pick our villain villain team.
1: Metamorpho. Metamorpho. Rex Mason was his real name. Metamorpho, Metamorpho, a soldier of fortune didn't care about fame.
0: Metamorpho. You like what metamorpho. you hear? Please spread the word of the podcast. Rating, reviewing is great, um, but if you could share it with friends, forums, Twitter, anybody Reddit. who you think would listen to this. What was that? Uh, Reddit. Reddit. Use. Our voices for TikTok. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. Just just get us out there. Uh, that'll help us grow. Uh, don't forget to follow HyperTime to podcast on Twitter at HyperTimePod. Uh, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, feel free to reach out there or email us at HyperTime, the number two podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we over at VGU also have other content to fill your eyes and ears with, especially if you're into video games. Uh, check us out on VGU TV and then the VGU Twitter at VGU underscore TV. If you need more video game podcast in your life, we also have Players Club podcast and Win, uh, which is the weekend news or Win One. Is it Win One now?
2: It, yes and no. Like if I'm if we if it's the intro to the podcast or the after of the podcast, it's Win One, but and the intro we welcome to win one the week vgu.tv weekend news only news edition podcast which i think I'm, i i, I kind of did it i'm at first started doing that as a bit of a joke because just it's just a, it's just a you're, you're going on a whole spiel just <laughs> just 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 to, just to say just to say the opening but even when i just say Win, win one i just have it formatted in my head <laughs>
0: We also have a YouTube that is updated pretty frequently, uh, mainly by Alan and Graydon. Uh, you can follow us there at VGU-TV. There may be multiple of those. Uh, search for the one that has the most recent videos uploaded, and that will be us. Um, and then, uh,
2: Well, Graydon actually informed me of this when we were recording episode of Win 1. There is a no, There is actually a VJ VG, a VJU TV that is not even video game related. Is there? Yeah, if you search for VJU TV. Oh no! As great, is acting offended, like they're trying to steal our brand. <laughs> 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 and I'm just like, it doesn't matter. It's uh, it's a minority thing, like it's a mi- minority group. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. I I don't know how to. I don't know what what do what to do about that. Like I, I can't say, "Hey, you're still you're encroaching on our brand." <laughs> that, I mean, I have the domain, I have to, I have the I have the paperwork, or I have the the digital work.
0: Weird. Yeah, I'm trying to search for it, and I see the Lost Hero VG that we had. I see the original one that we had like years and years ago. Yeah, like, hmm, strange. Well, if you're following us, look for a recent VGU-TV with video game stuff on it. <laughs> there you go. Like, subscribe, hit that like button, mash that subscribe button. <laughs> and then You can follow me on Twitter at jmillie99. That's jmille 99. 9 Then Alan,
2: where would you like them to follow you at? They can follow me at the thealanmirror. That's the A-L-A-N-M-U-I-R and is it
0: time for a tweet of the past Monk? 6 months or <laughs> whatever the last time
2: it was once we did one of these yeah from 2 to day, 2 days ago or for, or to be more specific August 18th I think I bought the wrong high end portable gaming system with a GIF of Pokemon Gold
0: Yeah cuz you bought the you had Steam, Steam Deck, Deck and then the analog pocket
2: Yeah, but I, like, I I have the, I I won't have the analog pocket for another maybe six months to a year. Mm. And I'm, like, it was the, like, I bought a whole bunch of games specifically for playing on the analog pocket. And now I see that people are just, are just straight up emulating. I'm playing by the rules, damn it. (laughs) Those rules are expensive. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's my Pokemon Emerald costs
0: $250. (sighs) (laughs) Too rich for my blood. I'm a poe man. But with that, we will bid you all adieu. Uh, We hope to see you further down the hyper time. Uh, Thank you for tuning back in. I have greatly missed doing these. But with that, I hope you all take care and we'll see you later. Bye.
2: This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.tv.